You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed On Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight! It's an intermission. We haven't done one of those in a while, and uh, it's me, and it's Paul. How you doing, Paul? Yeah. How, you, how's it, how you been? Your intermission master, back again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, sir. I'm doing good. And I think the last few episodes we actually have done together have all been um, slasher films. So Absolutely, uh, yep. We did uh, Slayer and Superstition, I believe, last ones. Uh, it wasn't Slayer. It was, it was Superstition and... Um, Oh yeah, it was a superstition and final terror. Final exam, final terror. The final terror. Mm. Yeah, because we did final exam before that too. We've never done final exam. Oh, we did. Oh, no, we did. The generic, the generic, generic film. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm trying to remember. Is is it final exam or is it graduation day? That's the the one that's like the killer has like no explanation at all. It's oh, that's uh, no, that's. Final, that's final exam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, 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 he, and he just shows up. Yeah. And it's so like every stereotypical thing needs to happen. No blood or gore is ever seen, and the mm-hmm. film ends. But <laughs> I, 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 the thing is though, what people don't seem to get, like I like the fact that he has no, there's nothing about him. I Same here. Like yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like he's got no motivation. I actually, I used to own the uh, the uh, novelization of that and and even in the book there was like basically no explanation for why he was there killing people he was just doing it and i and usually when you do when usually when you have like a novelization of a movie it's you know it's an early version of the script so even at the beginning they had no ideas for for this guy (laughs) this guy just rolls into town it's like uh well something like the night brings charlie but worth more chaos you know what i mean yeah i always always thought of it as kind of a, a michael myers thing but yeah. even stripped down absolutely. more right yeah absolutely they were taking the 78 and running with it mm-hmm. absolutely that kind of because they you know i mean there is some you know backstory of michael but there's still no explanation yeah and like this is a big guy he comes in and starts killing people and you know what that's all i need yep that's all i need too man uh yeah, we're doing some slashers here. We're going to be doing uh, Blood Song from 1982, uh, a.k.a. Dream Slayer. And uh, we're also going to be looking at Mortuary from 83. Um, so uh, we might as well just get in the fucking Blood Song, man. Uh, uh. Directed by Alan J. Uh, Levy. And I didn't s- see anything else really in his resume that was striking. Like, most of his shit was TV. Uh, he did, uh, I think, the Battlestar Galactica movie. But he was not yeah. credited for it in like '78 or something like that, and that was mm-hmm. about it. Uh, but um, we have Donna Wilkes as uh, Marion. Uh, we got Richard Jekyll as Father of the Year here, Frank Hauser. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe he was also in uh, Mako: Jaws of Death, and that's actually a really good film. 
he's been on a shit ton of stuff. Like I, I didn't do the usual big background thing I do for like regular episodes on this, but uh, there, there are some familiar names here. Uh, we get Antoinette Bauer as B, Dane Clark Smith as Sheriff Gibbons, um, Lenny Montana is Skipper. Lenny Montana is uh, Luca Brasi from The Godfather, uh, the the uh, the big hitman that everyone fucking fears, but kind of gets killed like a bitch in The Godfather anyway. But uh, but this was actually his last uh, role as an actor. Like he retired after this, and he actually is one of the writers on this as well. So okay. apparently, 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 Luca Brasi from The Fucking Godfather. Um, this was his passion project. Got to had to get it done or something like that. I don't well, know. This is the last nail in the coffin, more like it. Yeah. Well, he lived for quite a while afterwards too. He 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 had a nice uh, little retirement. So uh, well, he didn't do anything, but he lived. So that's cool. yeah. <laughs> then we got Frankie Avalon, and yeah. I've been I've been seeing way too much of Frankie Avalon in the last little while because really? uh, because on the um. Blood on the Tracks uh, podcast we have here uh, with with our little uh, fucking network that we got going on. Um, the last couple episodes I did the Beach Party films, so yes, I've heard way t- way more Frankie Avalon yeah, than I did ever hear. and Frankie Avalon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the fact that Frankie Avalon was in this film is the reason I bought it a long time ago because I have it on a double disc with Mausoleum, and I, I I'm kind of a it wasn't cheap yeah but yeah this is a really hard to get this this fucking yeah. film at this point yeah uh, but but frankie avalon he was in another uh, horror film i'm trying to think of the fucking name of it right now it, it was a, a british one where he's the american in it and he ends up being the killer as well no he's actually not the killer in that one he, he actually gets killed in that one um oh. what the fuck was that called i can't remember it it's decent but it uh oh, good but he, but yeah, so him him doing another one of these sort of roles, uh, and here I think he's really good in this. We'll we'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, no, but... I actually really like him in this. Yeah. And uh, we got William Curry, Kirby Cullen as Joey, Noel North as Kathy, and Jennifer Inscat as Judith. Um, and we got a little uh, synopsis here that I pulled, I think, from IMDb. Psychopath escapes from a mental institution and starts a murder spree, which ends up pursuing and ends up pursuing a young handicapped girl who once got a blood transfusion from him. And yeah, there, and then there's this like um, psychic link between them, right? Because of the right. blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. And we have these uh, these long shots of uh, <laughs> Donna Wilkes in her bed. The, the screen goes all fucking weird and, and like almost psychedelic in color or whatever, and. She has, like, a vision of a murder that's going to happen or whatever the fuck, you know, kind of thing. But, right. um, so, uh, when did you first uh, see this one, uh, Paul? Oh, this one. This one was probably about six, five or six years ago. Okay. For me. That's when I bought that DVD for, like, 60 fucking bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. I, I mean... When I, w- when I was in the mood on eBay, I was in the mood. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it was one of those kind of things. Like, oh, fuck, boom, buy it, screw it. I bought that, and I bought a double disc of uh, Cemetery Hooker, no, Vampire Hookers and Cemetery Girls. Both were garbage. Mm. So, again, very expensive. I think but, I've seen uh, Cemetery Girls, and yeah, that's yeah. not Cemetery good. Cemetery Girls is uh, is either Vampire Hookers or Cemetery Girls is a really uh, bad one, but it's got uh, John Carradine playing a vampire, so I'm always happy about it. Because John oh. Carradine's amazing. 
Yeah. Was, 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 did John Carradine actually do anything, or was it just footage of him behind a desk? Oh no, he was he was he was the 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 big bad vampire. He oh okay, <laughs> because you know d- depending on the year, uh, it's either John Carradine doing something or it's John Carradine filming a, a bunch of fil- uh, footage for Fred Olin Ray behind a desk and then being plopped uh, in I movies have, for uh, the next twenty years. I have a John Carradine film called Evil in the Night, and that's later, way later, and it's really bad, but it's all I love it. it yeah, but it's him just standing there as a doctor going, "You're all idiots." it's pretty good yeah no but i i I bought this film quite a while ago and i bought it for the sole reason one i couldn't find it anywhere and two so i was like well it's fucking rare i'll buy it and then two i was like frankie avalon's a killer Mm. you know it it, uh this film reminds me of now just throw me a bone here this reminds me of uh, uh once upon a time in the west Kind of, uh, you okay. got that one guy playing the the one yeah, harmonica, Charles Bronson, yeah, but yeah, Charles Bronson. But you got you have Frankie Atwood playing that one tone all the time, so mm-hmm. it kind of sets you up. But then you also have the uh, Henry Fonda character going, "Oh my God, it's fucking Frankie ba- uh, Avalon being a bad guy." Like, <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Like, so, and I said, "Throw me a bone," but it still to me has that same kind of. No, I, going on. I get that. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one is actually first time watch for me, but I've known about this for quite a while. So it's one I wanted to. There's a. Yeah. There, it's really weird. It just uh, it, it's uh, dated. Mm-hmm. It's a dated film, uh, but I love the datedness of the film. Like everyone just drives around in big vans and picks up hitchhikers for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Like, I mean, it's it's what it's it's early '80s, so that sort of thing was still there. And I mean, I think it, even though I was watching a shitty copy on YouTube of this, basically is is, is what I was watching, still looked pretty good. Um, no, yeah, I, it's a little yeah. I, I know which one you're talking about on YouTube. The audio is a little shit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and. I mean, I like a lot about this. Actually, uh, the thing about this is this just strikes me as one of those ones like um, Madman. Where it's not necessarily like the most deep, best written like slasher film out there, but it's got neat little nuances to it that mm-hmm. kind of stick with you. Like it, Frankie Avalon, Avalon with that fucking flute. Um, it's the stupidest looking flute too. It's like this fucking bullshit thing. It's almost like, from, like an ocarina. It's more like an ocarina. Yeah. It, it it looks like it, you know it looks like something his dad did in wood wood shop when he was a teenager and and. Hey, here, take this piece of well, shit, you I mean, little bastard. This is a classic example of women don't have sex with other men in, in your own house. Or it's, you'll get shot. This is literally <laughs> this is literally the setup almost for every, like, not every, but like 60% of slasher movies in the early 80s. Yeah. Like, every, well, from everything from it's Christmas. Either, it's either the guy cheating or the mom cheating, and then one of them has to go crazy, and then the, the kid is affected by it. Yeah, the, the kid walks in and catches him, and either the kid, you know, um, witnesses, like, horrific murder, or the kid murders them right there in the uh, spot. Yeah. Um, I just picked up another one from 1981 called Nightmare, and that is a, that's a dirty film. I like mm. it. It's a dirty, nasty, horrible, probably really shit kind of. But I love it. It's really nice. And the, the guy, he takes the hooker's head clean off. Like the, the dad's tied up on the bed and the hooker's doing things. And he just takes an axe. Woof, woof. 
right off. And the blood, and the, the I love that the hands come up, and did, the, there's no head there. And the did we not? Did we? Did we not cover that one? I think we did cover. I that think we did from 1981, and I yeah. love it. I mean, I, it's nasty, dirty. I can't believe the amount of bush that's in it and stuff. Like <laughs> it's just nasty, dirty. But it's the same utter setup: cheating, depravity, this and that. Kid gets uh-huh. affected. Now, now we have a slasher film. I mean, how many? Yeah, I mean, because um, going on to the the episode we're going to do after this little little run through, I consider Giallo's another version of slashers. I unless have, it get, it, it, unless it gets a really, really who done it murder mystery. Like, there's a line. I'm glad I, you said I, that because uh, I, I I forgot to like message you and say like put Giallo's on your list if you feel like you need them on your list because I yeah. totally consider them slasher films. So yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. the the only one that I didn't put on my list, and I'll just say it right now because it's not fucking on there, and I screwed up, is Torso. And okay. that is a that. I mean, I love that damn film, but I fucking. Forgot to put it on there because I'm. Well, spo- well, spoilers! I got you covered. <laughs> ah, that's who you are. Yeah. Okay, but no, uh, I, the, this blood song is good. I like. Uh, <clears throat> however, I will say, boy, that girl's got a lot of pluck to talk to her dad like that. But yeah, it's warranted. But it's warranted. I it's warranted because he's the worst dad ever. Like yeah, he's. Yeah, I know. It's so funny because like it's not like. You know, he actually doesn't want to be a douchebag, but he can't back down after he got confronted. That's the thing. Down. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's just the ultimate asshole candidate when he's wrong. Yeah. Like, he, he... So, the backstory of this, and this is where, the, like, half the movie is, like, uh, ABC TV drama kind of thing, almost. Oh, like, yeah. uh, it kind of feels like at times, like, it, that movie's happening, and then on the side is Frankie Avalon doing a road trip movie where he murders people. And then, exactly. and then they come together at the end, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Richard Jekyll as the father here, sometime in the past, he, he's, he's basically an alcoholic, you know, he's blue collar dude, drinks too much. And he was driving in his truck or whatever with, with his daughter and had an accident and then her leg got shattered and has been in a brace for years and she's just recovered, you know, like she's just about to get that brace off and, and be able to, you know, walk like a normal person again or whatever. And Every time he comes in, his his wife, you know, she's stuck with him, I guess. Like, maybe they're too Catholic and they can't get a divorce. Who knows? Whatever. There's so many people like that out there. Yeah. So she just, like, tolerates him. Uh, he, he comes downstairs at breakfast time. She's making breakfast for the daughter. And he's like, am I going to get any fucking breakfast here? And it's like, what? You, fuck you. I'm making it for her daughter. She's got to go to school. She's going to graduate. She's actually going to do something with her life. Unlike you, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you talked to me like that. And, then, and also, you know, daughter, why are you hanging out with that fisherman kid who's like always going out and fucking on boats and I, shit and coming back? I, lo- I love how, like, I, I can't remember, but, you know, and there's a good chance anyway. Look at slashers mm-hmm. and see how many of them. Like, just look at the horror movies and slashers and see how many have the word Paul in it. How many fucking <laughs> Pauls there are in fucking slasher films. Oh, man. So I think I think she was even dating a Paul. That fucking piece of shit asshole. And we're, don't believe me. Pauls are all pieces of shit. I'm a loser. <laughs> but dude, well, there uh, you go. Well, well no. Um,. Uh, Frankie Avalon is the Paul in this movie. There's the Paul. There's a Paul in everything. There's a Paul yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the the I think Joey or something is the dude that yeah. that Marion. No, no, no one likes a Joey. Come on. No, Joey's just kind of here. He's just kind of yeah. the love interest or whatever. Like it actually makes no sense. But it is um, nice. I've actually been in Portland, Oregon, where this thing is supposed to be set. So you know, it's like mm-hmm. I've been there. That's pretty cool. Um, the film's pretty good. 
She has a plucky little attitude to it. I feel that the uh, blood transfusion is a little bit of a, a stretch to have this kind of blood song telekinesis bullshit. I mean, and if you look at it like, you know, your cell regenerates, your body regenerates cells every seven years. So, I mean, like, that would already probably been gone anyway. But yeah. They were, I mean, we're not talking about science right now. We're talking about horror. I mean, they, they're they just a step away from doing, like, body parts from, like, whatever, 91 or yes. 90 or whatever. Yeah, where that, where yeah. then, like, I, I liked, I always liked that idea of, like, oh, you've, you've got, like, a transplant from a dead killer, and all of a sudden now yeah. you're starting to kill. But that's not this movie. She's not starting to kill. She's yeah. just connected. She's seeing it. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the uh, Mark Hamill, or was it, with body, it was the eye of the killer, and he stabs his eye out. Oh, body bit from body bags. Body bags, and he stabs his eye out. You know. Yeah, and that's uh, a fucking hell of a scene too. But the, uh, the, that one where you know that that movie, that anthology film where John Carpenter did not need any makeup to play a dead no, dude. He actually, he didn't actually wear any makeup in that film, which is I think that is the biggest joke of the whole deal. Um, <laughs> I have, you know, I it, it's good. It's that psychic link. The guy escapes prison because he's impaled. I don't know if it's because she just hit sixteen. I don't know if this. I don't know if he thought she was going to go to a beach party. It's... I don't know what he thought, but something p- propelled him to get out of that mental institution and find her. Seems, but that wasn't seems... explained. Yeah, it seems random. Like it, it doesn't feel like he necessarily knows. Like it, it's not until. Uh, he's burying the body of the hitchhiker he p- picked up, and she conveniently walks in on it. You know, like, <laughs> and before before that, she's walking on the beach, and there's this like really terrible ballad for some reason, and who knows what the fuck's going. On. All of a sudden, she just turns a corner, and there's Frankie Avalon burying like a, parts of a dead girl. And it's like, well, shit, things have just escalated a little bit. <laughs> You know, the thing is, Portland, 2020, that's normal. Yeah, that's happening now, right? I mean, fuck. Yeah, exactly. You're good there. <laughs> but I... Uh, never caught mine. <laughs> so things uh things i like about this so like the things i really like like about this is that like the gore escalates like the first couple kills that avalon does um not too gory but once he finally gets to richard jekyll and like he chops that motherfucker oh, up <laughs> and you know and he his the dad is fighting to save his mm-hmm. kid he says run you know like he loves his daughter no matter what yeah. Even though he was a douchebag, because he was just one of many was, and she still loves the daddy. Like, she yeah, still there's, loves her dad. There, no there's a nice little because she's just as stubborn as he is. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and there's that little moment, and then she gets the gimp run, and I'm just like falling in love with the gimp run. Like, I was just like, <laughs> oh, just come over here and let me snuggle up. But uh, after that, I really love the film. The like uh, Jekyll gets killed, and that escalates, and mm-hmm. I just love it more and more and more and more. No, the, the 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 cat and mouse thing in the warehouse, and then like the mm-hmm. forklift scene, all that stuff's yeah. great. Like Frankie Avalon gets behind a forklift and like tries to kill her with it. It's like I, I, uh, the the scene where Frankie actually gets hurt, and he's like he mm-hmm. stops, and he's like, "You hurt me!" Like you real like because he's still like a kid, I guess, in his head. Yeah. He's not understanding things. Like he's, he's doing this. And like he keeps on killing. Come on, pretty lady. Come on, girl. Like pretty girl and stuff like. He's, he's he says really creepy, but cute he's, and weird. it's very creepy. He says weird yeah. stuff. Like like he yeah. he's got her pinned on like a pile of, of lumber or whatever. That he's trying to raise up with the forklift. He's like, I really like you, Marion. I really like yeah. you. 
It's like, yeah. get the fuck away from me. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, she's actually on top of that uh, that skid of lumber when he's lifting it with the forklift. That is so oh. fucking dangerous. That would never Oh, happen. yeah. They weren't paid for stunt people in this no, movie. No, no. That would never happen. I, st- my de- my, I, was, uh, I was just laughing. Like, yo, hey, yo, get off that thing. The, the security guard. The yeah. Guard, smack. Smack. <laughs> I was like, I love the fact that you've been in an institution your whole life, but you know how to just use a fork and forklift without a fucking trainer. And uh, yeah, and then it almost <laughs> feels kind of kind of feels like this ending is kind of like the ending to Maniac Cop in a way, because like he takes the forklift to the wall and out to off the pier into the water, yeah. where you know Maniac Cop takes the fucking uh, van or whatever yeah, or off, into the yeah. water kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say, I think my favorite moment as far as like where this gets super serious is the uh, the hitchhiker. He picks up the way he kills her, where he just strangles her, and like it's not the bullshit strangulation where the killer grabs her neck and she's dead three seconds no. later. Like yeah, no. it lingers on him strangling her to death. Right. And I thought it was, it was I was like okay, no. absolutely. Like yeah, but that's the thing is we were just watching a film called uh, Don't Go Near the Park. We just did a review on that tonight. We'll yeah. be posting it tomorrow sometime. But. They did this rope around the neck, like literally two seconds later, the girl's dead. I'm like, oh, that's not how that works. Yeah, like, it's no. just not, and you're done. No, this is a long, drawn out process, guys. Okay, there's gonna be kicking and screaming and spitting and cursing. So you know, uh, yeah, unless you like broke the person's neck with that initial yeah, exactly. like you know tightening of the wire or whatever. No, not happening. But yeah, um, yeah no, no I... I definitely, definitely like the film. I mm-hmm. really actually was I it's blood song to me is one of those happy accidents mm-hmm. where you go, I'll buy this. This is going to suck. Hey, it didn't suck. Like, it, 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 hey. it's, it, it makes me want to watch that. Um, I don't, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it, you no, know, it's I'm one of those one. It's, it's one of those ones where, you know, it's just a weirdo combination of things like Frankie Avalon of all people in the fucking serial killer slasher movie. Uh, there's another one out there with um, Tiny Tim. I don't know if it was ever... Blood Harvest. Blood, Blood Harvest. There we yes, go. I, I want to see that. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, Blood Harvest is good times. I have that too somewhere. Right on. Right yeah. On. I, same thing with uh, Mako, Jaws of Death with, with Jekyll. I mm-hmm. put this thing in thinking it's going to be another fucking Killer Shark movie. I had this thing where I just like... I went on eBay and I got Killer... The, the Great White, The Last Shark, Demon of Paradise. I mean, I bought them all at the same time. And I put in Mako Jaws of Death, and it's nothing like you'd think it was. So it was really yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. And Blood Song, again, boom, right out of the bat. Like, okay, this is darker than I thought it would be. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. Uh, I recommend it. Like, people, if you've not seen it, it's a nice little weird slasher film that uh, you, you might really enjoy. I, I Should think. we do spoilers? Are there spoilers involved? Oh, yeah, spoil it if you want. Yeah, go ahead. I love the fact that the bad guy wins. <laughs> or does he? Does oh, he does win? He? Or is or that just? Not? Or is she? Just, or is she just like fucking nuts on the fucking? Uh... What, uh, was he a figment of her imagination the whole time? Oh well, that. <laughs> That's. I mean, I mean, if if this if this movie had a little bit more money, you could get yeah. to the point where at the end where she did all the killings, maybe or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I don't uh, know what you're talking about? There was no guy. A security camera watching her fucking just run the thing guy right into the thing like, oh shit. <laughs> and then you can just go and then you can just go like fucking high tension, you fucking hack. Like uh, you know. Yeah. Well high tension like hot garbage. 
But, yep. Thank you. Yeah, Everyone else is so good. No. Nope. I, I, I participated in the uh, podcast under the stairs fucking uh, best horror movies of the uh, tw- of the 2000s. Oh and my that god, was, there's like three. Th- that was my that was my lowest on my list of uh, 20 best. It was high tension out of the picks. Dog that Soldiers we... probably not my number one. Dog Soldiers was far, fairly high up. Uh, actually, Dog Soldiers got knocked off the fucking list, actually, which is just Okay, uh, I'll, uh, I'll cut his throat. Who is <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I would say, like, uh, God, what the fuck's it called? Wrong Turn. I saw that twice in the theater because I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dog Soldiers, which probably be my, my pretty goddamn good. And actually, Cottage, The Cottage from 2009. Oh, yeah, The Cottage. Is, yeah. is actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, I like The Cottage. Um, yeah, on, the, on that list, like, my, my top uh, horror films were uh, The Mist, Wreck, uh, the I'll give you the mist has a laugh out loud ending. I love it. I laugh <laughs> my ass off so much. Oh, it's so funny. Other than that, it's shit. <laughs> 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 Move on now, and uh, we'll go to Mortuary from 1983. Oh, oh. and uh, yeah, and this is directed by uh, Howard Avedis, who uh, he did a bunch of um, well, not a bunch, but a couple of Crown International like uh, sort of exploitation uh, pictures. Uh, he did The Teacher from 1974 and The Stepmother from 1972, which were like a little bit of sex, a little bit of crime, 
kind of thing. Uh, you know, not not as hardcore as some stuff during that that time because uh, Crown International was kind of like a little lightweight on that kind of stuff. But he did do uh, they're playing with fire from 1984 with uh, uh, what's your what's your face uh, Stir Stir of the werewolf bitch. Uh, oh, Sybil Danning. Sybil Danning, yes, yes, thank you. Oh, uh, Sybil Danning. Yum, 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 yum. She gets she gets super naked in that one too, and oh. uh, and and then at the ending at the end of that movie, like like at first it's the uh, hot chick seduces dude kind of picture, and then at the end it turns into like a fucking slasher film kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, two people that are well, I guess say three or four or five or six. You get Sybil Danning, Lena Quigley, Michelle Bauer, and Stevie Briggs, and even maybe even Barbara Crampton. They're all getting fucking naked at some point in time. Yeah. That's when they got hired. <laughs> like, like, I mean that that was that was how they hired women in the eighties. Yeah, for those movies, it's like, you you, are, are you are willing to get naked? Okay, you're in our movie. That's but the, at did. the same time, those five people were great choices to do those because they were also good actors and they were they're good. also yeah also yeah. excellent actresses exactly. I mean, and that's why they're all. I think all of them are still working at this point. No, they all are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so we got uh, Mary Beth McDonough is uh, Christy Parson, and uh, we also have her body double. I don't know who the fuck that was, but uh, <laughs> um, and and she was in she must have been in the Waltons or something as well. She I I know she was in some sort of like family friendly fucking TV show, and this was her like her like I'm gonna do a horror movie and and be scandalous. Although I'm not gonna show my that, boobs. I was gonna say that don't use a body double. Like I yeah. Uh, we have David Wojzorski as Greg Stevens, Bill Paxton, some dude, as? Paul Andrews. Hey, there we oh, there we go. Hey, there was the connection. You, Holy shit! Everywhere. Two Paul killers. Yeah, uh, Linda Day George, uh, who was married at this time to Christopher George. Yes, uh, she's a Eve Parson, and Christopher George is Hank Andrews, and uh, they were in Pieces together as well. Yes, absolutely. I love Pieces. However, this film was filmed in 1981 and yes. was only released in 83 so he actually did pieces after this i do believe but this got so, released yeah. after so this was technically his last starring role yep but because of you know it was filmed in 81 but christopher george is just tops tops absolutely tops love christopher george he's great uh, Kurt Ayers is Jim, Bill Conklin is Sheriff Duncan, and Donna Garrett is Miss Andrews. And... Shout out, shout out, Duncan. <laughs> and, uh, we got a synopsis here. Christy Parson has been having terrifying nightmares ever since her father drowned in a swimming pool. Well, uh, he was kind of bludgeoned to death and thrown in a swimming pool more than anything else. Uh, Christy's mother believes this was a tragic accident, but Christy believes she was murdered. Then her boyfriend Greg Stevens sees a sinister hooded figure in the town's mortuary, the same figure that was following and harassing Christy. Greg and Christy's curiosity plunders them into a series of bizarre and terrible circumstances at the mortuary, a dark and ghastly place managed by Hank Andrews and his son Paul. Christy will soon discover the ghastly truth behind her father's death, and everyone else will discover it like in the first five minutes. But in doing so, she may not live to see the morning. Okay, yeah. So, uh, when was the first time you saw this one, Paul? Oh, actually, I saw this one years ago, and I kept on getting it fucked up with other films. Mausoleum. Mausoleum. mausoleum funeral Home. Yes. Dead and Buried. Mm -hmm. and here's the thing is, it's the trailer that 
fucked me up every time. Because before you before you get the last shovel of earth put on you, make sure that you're actually dead. No, they're not burying anybody in this fucking thing. No, no, no. Doing it. I kept like I, I I was like I have this film. It's Funeral Home, and I watch Funeral Home. I'm like this isn't the right film. Have you seen this? Ain't the right film. Have you seen the trailer they put out that had Michael Berryman in it, and he's not in this fucking film? No. There, no. there is there there is a trailer. I don't know if it's an earlier or a later one. Maybe that, the one that's like a zombie film almost trailer. I think I think that's the one actually. You know maybe what? we should just make that film. <laughs> we just do that. Yeah, it might be better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Like, like I, I, I even have a poster somewhere, a mini poster of mausoleum or mortuary, and it has it's in a book, and it has that like that last thing to make sure you're not dead, you're actually dead and buried. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is nothing like this fucking film. No, you know, what I mean? no, they, they 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 lied to. What I what think, this this they, is this they actually came out later and called it something else too, like it bombed or something like that too. Did they? Maybe. Yeah, I think they kind of re-released it later with a different title. Not a bomber. That's from '66. That's actually a pretty good old slasher for for an old slasher. Oh, okay. But yeah, but it makes more sense the bomber because they're bombing people. They're aspirating them. They're not. They're not sparing them. This is very obviously like. Um, so you know, as soon as the slasher boom happened in like you know eighty eighty one, everyone started making them right. And, but at that point, it was like, you know, independent companies making them, studios were not necessarily making them, but the big studios started picking them up, but a lot of these things got shelved for a long time, and then by the time you get to about 83, 84, when it's starting to die down, the studios are like, hey, these slasher films are pretty cool, maybe we should try to wring some money out of them, and then they start buying up anything that's, like, available, right? So Well, what happened to Final Terror? Yeah. It was at least like five years afterwards or something like that because of that. Yeah, Same so thing. so like obviously, you know, some you know, like I I didn't write down the studio, but whoever picked them up basically is like, We'll release this, uh we'll we'll make up a bullshit poster that makes it look like a fucking zombie film or some bullshit right like that. We'll we'll give you misleading fucking taglines, we'll we'll structure the trailer in a way uh, with Michael Berryman is not even in the film. I would tra- really like to see Michael Berryman in the fuck. I met Michael Berryman. He's a wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have his autograph upstairs. He's a fucking great guy. I would Sweet. be great to see this film. But uh, yeah, none of that's in this. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this was a major disappointment when I uh, said so like this is the first time watch for me to, as well, and I was just like, oh my god, this is oh okay. So, so okay, so there there are things I like in this. Don't get me wrong. No, no, there's but, a lot of good stuff. But I mean, watching I, this, the I would the mis- say the script is a little convoluted. It the the script feels like it was written on the fly as they were filming because there's no real mystery in this. Like the, the whole central thing is that it's supposed to be a mystery that our you know our central heroine is like trying to unravel. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching the film, you've unraveled the mystery within, like, the first five or ten minutes. Yeah. The, the first time you see Bill Paxton in the makeup, it's like, oh, that's Bill Paxton. Yeah, hey, it doesn't doing, cover, yeah, it doesn't cover his face at all. It's right there. Yeah, they, they don't put a mask on him, right? Like, uh, at least, you know, in Scream, which he resembles a lot, like the, the ghost face killer in Scream, basically. Right. At least he's wearing a fucking mask. You know who the fuck it is. This is just, this is Bill Paxton. I like they go in there right at the beginning of the film with Jake and fucking Craig or whatever, mm-hmm. and 
they look at they see this giant fucking thing going on and then Jake gets killed because of it. But it's like, you know, you know, they all saw that. Like this isn't a mystery. Like and we saw mm-hmm. everybody involved. It's like it's watching um it's basically like watching Hot Fuzz, but at the beginning of Hot Fuzz, they go, we're all part of this murdering thing. Okay, now figure out who we are. Uh, I already, what? You and there's not, everybody. there's not even like this, like the movie tried to play it up that there's like this cult of Satanists or some shit. That's not even this. The fuck, uh, Christopher George, he's just like a fucking dude who does, basically does like seances. Just yeah. really theatrical seances yeah. for people. Yeah. He's, he's not even evil. He's he's, mm. he's 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 a nice dude. He, he he's strict, but he's a nice. He's dude. very strict, but he's not. There's nothing wrong with him. Like you know, and he tries to like tries to even get Paul back into the thing. Like hey, we need to get we need to get help, buddy. Okay. Yeah. It's all right. Like he's trying to help Paul, even though yeah. he knows he's wacko. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing bad about him. I mean, we get uh, was it like halfway through the film? And then, like, they kind of, I, th- I think they kind of realize is, like, everyone knows what the story is already, except for our central character. So then they have Linda Day George say, oh, no, uh, Paul, by the way, you don't know this, but he he came up to your father and, like, was, like, asked to take your hand in marriage, you know, <laughs> and and he, he he's kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and he, yeah. he he might be dangerous. I remember when I first watched the baseball bat scene at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I watched it. And it was like a little like little tink on the shoulder. And I was like, "Well, that's not going to do anything." And then they fucking smack him in the face. And I was like, "Oh, that did something." Yeah. Like I'm, I was like, "Oh, that's oh shit!" <laughs> like it was one of those moments. I was like, "Okay, there you go." Speaking of weapons, though, uh, this is one thing I do really like from this. I like the I like the killer's weapon, but it's it's also the biggest giveaway as to who the, the killer is. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Uh, I think it's called like uh, officially it's called like a trocar or something like that, where okay, it's like yeah. where it's 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 a thing you stick into a vein, and then it's got like a tube on the back, and it yep. and it pumps the blood out of it. Yeah, blood down into there and washes them out. And then they put the embalming fluid in after pre cleans the blood veins. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's but at the same time, who's doing the embalming the whole fucking movie? Paul. Yeah. So like, who else could it be? You know and like you know, the movie throws in little details in here, here and there that like you kind of miss, like how his mother is apparently dead, and he his, mentions yeah. his uh, mother like, went to yeah, his mother went to an insane asylum because she was going to kill herself. Then they faked her death, and yeah. now she's okay. Now I feel for Paul as mm-hmm. being a Paul. We're fuck ups, and we're not socially acceptable. And you know, I'll tell you what, I have tried to swoon the woman, the lady figures. With a night mm-hmm. of, of being creepy and listening to Mozart, and it doesn't work. He's got so yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, uh, hey, uh, there, Christy or whatever fuck your name is. Uh, you want you want to come over to my place and listen to my new Mozart record I got. Uh, although, if you notice, you look in the stack there, he's also got a uh, Doors album in the stack oh, of yes, records. He's, got, he's, he's a pretty smooth individual, you know. He's got he, he's he's like he'll start with a Mo- Mozart. Give give her give her a couple of fucking joints and then yeah. throw in the Morrison Hotel or yeah. maybe it's waiting for the sun. I can't remember which now one it was. Now we got Riders on the Storm and shit going down. And now you got all the babies. You got the yeah. babies running around inside your baby. That's right. It, you know his 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 game potentially is pretty smooth. It's just, well, it's at, just... The, at the same time, you know when you hear half the people go, "What the hell's a Mozart?" You know what? You deserve to die. 
Yeah, but that doesn't fucking happen. That's no. another thing I hate about this film. Uh, so our our central two characters, they have this group of like three friends who are you know chuckleheads, and in any other slasher movie, they end up in a situation where they get murdered. In this right. movie, you see them twice, and they never get murdered. <laughs> it's weird though, you know. It's it. Greg and Paul almost have like a half and half, like you know, hanging out, talking, you know, pretty okay conversations now. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, I don't even like doing this fucking job. You know, why do you do it, my dad? You know, that kind of thing. Like Paul has this weird likable side, to mm -hmm. him, you know. But at the same time, then you go, rah, 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 you know, and Pauls are like that. So watch out. Um, I get it, you know. But I, I like the film. I just think it's a little bit too big for its britches. Mm. Uh, like, what the fuck is Christy doing? Walk, waking up out of a nightmare, wandering around a house, getting into a swimming pool in your... Uh, what the fuck is this woman doing? And then Paul comes out with the fuck... Oh, now you're afraid. You weren't drowning like five seconds ago in a swimming <laughs> pool in your nightgown. But well, when Paul comes out of the fucking shadows, now you're screaming and running. Well, she's supposed to be, like, afflicted with, like, sleepwalking and shit like that. You know, you know, yeah. Like sleepwalking. Uh, I can't remember the term for that. But, like, you were drowning, and mm -hmm. you were okay with it. You don't, There's no sleep swimming. Sleep swimming <laughs> isn't a thing. Like, <laughs> like, so there's a lot of plot points and things that I just really do think this, this film lacks. Uh, believe me, the fucking train wreck that I just got done watching before I came on this podcast. Holy shit, I understand. But... <laughs> This one does definitely has a little plot hole going on. Uh, the overall acting is really good. Linda Day George is great. Uh, Christopher George is mm -hmm. great. Bill Paxton with that southern draw that he's trying to hide the whole time is fantastic. Yeah, he's so uh, Texas in that. He, like... he, yeah, he's really trying to hide it bad. Uh, <clears throat> I will say the the the, the moment where Bill Paxton actually kills Linda is a little bit of a masturbation moment. Oh yeah, no, he's getting off. Like they they linger he, on him basically, yeah. like just like coming in his pants. Yeah, he's yeah. He, and it's going up and down and in and around and then I'm like, oh, that is just dirty. I mean, honestly, they have too many shots of that fake torso being stabbed to to the point where it's like, okay, this is a fake torso. Yeah, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Let's go, let's move on here, guys. But oh, wait, there's that cum face again. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a. Uh, but overall, it's pretty good. Um, I really do enjoy. Paul's overture at the end with, with his, uh, I don't know what it was. Maybe you can explain this to me. What the fuck was it with the early eighties films and surrounding yourself with dead bodies? Every That's... fucking film from 79 to 70 and from 80, 79 to 83 surrounded themselves with corpses. That's I feel like, did. I feel like they're all just like, they're taking Halloween and they're, they're going a little step further kind of thing. Like, I mean, even like... Um, well, 79, the, don't go into the house. He surrounded himself with mm -hmm. all the corpses, too. Like, it just, it's just like this thing that you do, I guess. Because in, in, in Halloween, like, Jamie Lee Curtis walks through the house or whatever, and, and she runs into all the bodies, right? He, right, exactly. Michael Myers has got them all set up as in different places. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, don't, don't go into the house. They're all just there. Uh, you got this. They're all just there. And there's, like plenty of other films that do that um trying to think of them off the top of my head but i mean maniac. you're right like maniac, yeah, maniac. that doesn't you know. uh, don't uh, don't go near the park has it in 79 and yep. uh, uh, deranged has it deranged mm -hmm. has it too and it, it's just like it's insane 
Um, but I like his little moment in the sun, and he made a fucking cake. The man made a beautiful cake. Yeah. Like, you know, and this, all this going on. Um, oh, even, say, even as a fucking line earlier, where it's like, you know, doing the embalming stuff is like, you know, it's like baking a good cake. It's like, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and in the end, he, he knows how to make a cake, too. You, yeah. you got to, yeah, you got to put love in it. <laughs> now, the other thing I will say, the end is a little shallow for me. Because when Christy hits him with that uh, axe in the back, it's literally just a tink. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no swing. There's no emotion. There is. She's. I, I, I kind of hate the whole thing. She gets up without emotion. She mm-hmm. walks over without emotion. She picks up the axe without emotion. She swings the axe without emotion. And, the, and Bill Paxton just crumbles like a sack of shit. Yeah, she's she's supposed to be like waking up from whatever drugs Bill Paxton gave her, right? Yeah, but at the same time, then, like, I would be like, "Fuck, dude, you hit me with an axe!" Like, I've got to hit with shit, like, you know. It's like, yeah, no, Bill Paxton just drops, like he's just dead. Yeah, just yeah, yeah like he drops, like she he, she she did that one of like that running swing thing mm-hmm. that just like <laughs> one of those kind of things. I mean, if if you if you cut right down, pull back Bill Paxton's shoulder. And like you know, his his heart, his arm is hanging down to his fucking hip or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. He 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 might have bled out quick enough to die like that quick, right? But right. no, she just she hunks the axe into like the meat of his shoulder. I ain't gonna kill you no, necessarily right away. Yeah. yeah, but I did like the I did like the crossover or the the tie up. You you know you found the the casket with the gun in it, mm-hmm. and then again, at the end you find the casket with the gun in it, but it's got blanks. You idiot! You know, there's like there's. There's like some sort of like side plot that's never really fleshed out. That Bill Paxton's. It almost Paxton's... like they're doing like cabaret, like some kind of stage show. With yeah, stuff like that never got actually talked about. Like like Bill Paxton and his dad are like part of a theater troupe or something. Maybe that's why they got Absolutely. all the robes for that's the seances. I, that's exactly what I thought all this time. Is like, well, they must be have like some kind of theater, you know, cabaret thing going on that no one's talking about. Yeah, I thought it was a little convoluted. Like again. There's this script has a lot of holes in it. Yeah. It doesn't fit already cohesively. It's not a cohesive system. But overall, one thing I will say, too, before I get uh, too rambly-dambly, which I already probably did, um, I really like the score. Yeah. No, it's good. It's, it's a it good... It has uh... a very unique but visceral kind of sound to the score. Yeah. Did Oh, did I write down who fucking did that? No, I didn't. I should have. Uh, His but, name but he... was Bob the Builder. <laughs> but uh, the guy who did it, like it, it's mostly you know kind of like a synth-based kind mm-hmm. of score. But he's got little um, string parts yes. to it. Yeah, that he has re- the that comes in. It kind of really, sh- it's really shocking. It's it's raw. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, 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 I love that the synth though. It's not stereotypical synth. Doesn't doesn't sound cheap. It sounds like he no. actually puts some work into it. No, it's yeah. really nice. It really. It, it, it reminds me of the shit that I like to do on synthesizer when I build like scores and do things for my, you know, my albums and stuff. Oh, I fucking like this stuff. And then all of a sudden he gets like, dun, 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 is coming in. I was like, well, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's no, awesome. and the, the the string stuff first reminded me of like uh, Bruno Nicolai's stuff he did for um, uh, Jess Franco's uh, Dracula. Oh yeah. Uh, it was kind of kind of reminded me of like that sort of like the, those little the mustachio those little... Dracula. Yeah, so I think it was, it was like mandolin or something like that, mm-hmm. sort of stings in it and shit. But uh, yeah, it's pretty good. No, uh, yeah. So I didn't I didn't like this one all that much, but uh, there there were good things, and I mean you know 
get to see an early Bill Paxton. The uh, the audio is great. The mm-hmm. score is good. The camera quality is very good. It's definitely an easy watching film. It's a well shot uh, film. It actors is. Actors are really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't care if the script is kind of shit. I don't care if the storyline is kind of shit. The the people that are involved are doing a great job. It's nice to see young Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton to me, if you really look at the horror sci fi genre, he's kind of hit all the boxes. He did a couple other slashers like this around the same year, I think. Um, did he? Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't look them up, but like there's, I think there was another one that was released to theaters, and I think one of them might have been a TV movie slasher of some sort. But he, okay. he did do a couple more. This well, was right like, before he, you know, he became like in with James Cameron and then like appeared in yeah. like every James Cameron well, film. He did. He was a slasher, hardcore slasher in this one. He did a good job. Mm-hmm. He was killed by an alien. He was killed by a Terminator. He was killed by a Predator, and he uh, fought a tornado with Helen Hunt, and all cracked out. So, yep. I mean, like, what else can you say, cows? That's all <laughs> you can say. That's it. That's it. I, I actually like the film. It's not the. It's not on my top list. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's um. Where I didn't put either of the films we're talking about on this because we're talking about them right now. But on mm-hmm. the second episode, I will say both of them are not on my top list. But they yeah. are definitely on that kind of like you know honorable mention thing. You know, very good films, and they're very fun films to watch. And if you are like me, and I'm sure you're the same way, Lee, you want to hit every box on that train of where things came from, what year. You want to get these under your belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to you want to click those notches off. You know, and this is definitely something you should watch. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Paul, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. You can find me on PA Brew News on YouTube and on the Twitters. You can find me at Oil Paintings by P. Romali with a bunch of hashtags in it on Twitter or mm-hmm. Instagram, rather. You can find me without the uh, underscores on Facebook. Also, check me out on the Maniacs Meet podcast, two different things on Instagram and also on Facebook as well. And we do our Maniacs Meet podcast on the PA Brew News page on YouTube. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll throw the uh, links in the show notes, and uh, you can find, of course, the rest of the shit at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find all of our different podcasts, uh, the regular podcasts, the fucking bullshit radio shows I do, and all that other crap. And uh, yeah, there we go. And as the great, great Doctor Rouse says, they must be destroyed on site. Exactly. A movie podcast.
Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.